you don't have to be like, model pretty to be pretty, you know? Um, there's so many different types of beautiful and everyone truly is beautiful in their own way. And I think that is partly inherent to the modeling industry, but I would just absolutely love to see more inclusivity. Welcome back to the Model Memo. In this episode, I chatted with fashion stylist and creative director, Alina. We discussed everything from pivoting from a model to stylist, pursuing and transforming creative passions into a professional career, exploring yourself and your passions, the art of fashion styling, creative inspirations, as well as networking and much more. So let's get the memo. Are you? I'm amazing. I'm so excited to be on the show and get to catch up with you again after um, it's been a couple of years since I went on your last podcast, Raw Talk. So I'm excited to catch up on everything that's changed. I know, me too. Raw Talk was so much fun and just interviewing you on that platform. I think it was about three years ago, right? I think so. And that is so insane to me that that much time has passed because it feels like a blur, honestly. <laughs> like, I know. it does not feel like it's been three years since that phone call. No, not at all. And you're one of my favorite fashion stylists. And I just had to get you on the show to really just like pick your brain on like a lot of things that I think a lot of us would be curious about. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, Likewise, I feel like you're one of my favorite models. Like I always follow your journey and what you're doing. And it's been so cool to see you in so many popular publications and, you know, really coming into your own as an entrepreneur and really like claiming that. Well, thanks. Same to you. I think all of your work is iconic. You have just such this amazing artistic eye, not only for fashion, but really for this community. So I'm just so excited to really have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait. Yeah. So really diving into your journey, I kind of already know, but for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit more about you and also how you started your career as a fashion stylist? Yeah. So I'm so glad you asked. Um, For me, it's been quite a roller coaster of a journey. I don't know if there's really like a conventional approach to get into this sort of career, but this path has taken me in so many different directions to kind of land where I am now. So for some context, I actually went to school for marketing. I went to Boston University um, and I previously worked at like a tech startup doing like a very like typical nine to five job. But I think for me, like I always kind of wanted something more. Um, I've always been really into art and really into fashion and really like a lot of my self expression comes through like my style and my makeup. And I've always had an interest in photography since I was very young. Um, But I feel like I never really had the technical patience to learn like the technical skill behind using a camera. However, I would love coming up with these like crazy photo shoot concepts and really having a vision and actually executing the process to bring that to life. Um, So when I was in high school, you know, my friends and I, we'd always drive around with like someone's dad's camera that we borrowed. And, you know, we'd go to the thrift store and like put together outfits and then go and just take photos of each other for fun. And I would do that in college as well. And It was actually when COVID started, I was working in social media at the time. I still do work in social media marketing, doing some freelance work. Um, 
but you know I really got into creating UGC and that's when I really started getting familiar with like the social media space and like the influencer space um, and that was kind of what led me to start working with photographers um, so again for me it kind of just started during COVID like I had some free time on my hands I was coming up on the end of college getting ready to graduate and you know going into like a typical nine to five office job but knowing that I wanted to have some sort of artistic outlet outside of that and I actually started off doing some modeling I would never say I modeled at like a high level um, I was never really with an agency or anything like that but it was just a really fun hobby for me to meet up with local photographers and come up with these crazy photo shoot visions and then bring them to life and I did that for about a year and a half, both in Boston, where I lived during college, until I moved back to Atlanta, which is my hometown, um, about a year and a half ago. Um, and at some point in that journey, I don't know if it was when I moved, but I just found myself feeling so burned out, like more burned out than I had ever been before. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of bullshit honestly that models have to deal with and I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with, with this as well but you know dealing with like creepy photographers constantly nitpicking yourself and all of that really started to take a toll on me and you know I didn't want to lose this this thing that had become such a part of my life like I was spending pretty much all of my free time putting together photo shoots and like doing the photo shoots and it had really become a part of my routine um, it was really important to me and I didn't want to like just give that up completely but I also knew that like modeling was not the path for me it, it was supposed to be fun it was supposed to make me feel more confident and for a really long time it did but it just kind of hit a point where it, it started like negatively impacting me um, but I knew that I loved putting together photo shoots and I actually didn't even really know what a stylist was to be completely honest with you like I didn't know what a stylist was I didn't know what that job looked like but I made a second Instagram account and I just called it styling by Elena. And I said, like, I just literally started calling myself a stylist, like without even really knowing <laughs> what it looked like. And I just I love it. this second Instagram account that was for me, it was going to be like a little bit more casual, a little bit less curated than like my personal Instagram, which had become all about modeling. Um, but actually what happened was one of the photographers that I had worked with previously as a model, she reached out to me because she needed a stylist for this photo shoot. And I think that was really what got the ball rolling for me. So I just did this photo shoot. I just brought the wardrobe again. Like I had no idea really what I was doing at all, but I had so much fun and it was like something just clicked for me. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this allows me to still do everything that I love about photography and photo shoots without having to put the pressure on myself to actually like be my own muse or like be the one on camera um and then after that it honestly it like snowballed it, it went so, it, I feel like my journey happened so quickly I moved back to Atlanta in the summer of I believe 2022 um and I wanted to learn more about styling. And I went on Instagram and I just DM'd a bunch of stylists in Atlanta and basically said, you know, I wanna learn, I'll work for free. I just want the experience. And the first person that took me up on that is the stylist, this wonderful stylist named Deanna, who's also local to Atlanta. And she invited me to assist her on a photo shoot that ended up being for Playboy magazine. And it was through that photo shoot that I met the two photographers that I started working with the most often. Both of them are very talented. They have so much experience. Um, Sebastian has like a huge following on Instagram and 
he, they were able to start helping me to build my portfolio. Sebastian got me my first ever paid client. And I think, you know, it was working at like such a high level with these really talented photographers that really let me establish myself very quickly in Atlanta as a stylist, even though I still felt like I, you know, was so new to this and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and it was really just like a matter of faking it until I made it. But now a year and a half later, I've gotten to work with so many amazing brands. I've gotten to work with like even some celebrities, some really, you know, big influencers, countless models. Um, and it's just been like, it's been a really organic process for me in a way that modeling never really was. Um, and I, I feel like I've really like found my calling and like found my my passion through it. So sorry, that was such a long winded answer. But that's really how I, I got into that's how I got where I am now. Um, there was like no blueprint, it kind of just it just happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, I and number one, I'm obsessed with you. Number one, and number two, I'm obsessed with your story and really just how far you've come in such little time. You have really come into yourself in a way that I think most wish to, in a way. I think a lot of people, we set goals for ourselves, we have dreams for ourselves, but nine out of ten times, that doesn't always come true. You know, those dreams, like, they kind of just sit there and we don't actually go after them. And the fact that you actually went after yours and you did it in such an amazing way in such again little time is so incredible and this is really a success story that I think so many other women need to hear because just like as you said you start in the modeling industry at, or the fashion industry as a model and I kind of dealt with a similar situation to you where I just when I started out as a model it was so almost like mind-numbing for me you know I didn't know what else was out there for myself so I had to take some time and really re-navigate myself and that's exactly what you did and I think that's so incredible that again you were able to do it in such you know a small amount of time but also have such an impact in the community that you've had you've worked with so many models a lot of models that I know um and I mean all your work is incredible I will link your portfolio and your Instagram below so people can really see for themselves your incredible work but I think that's so cool that you were able to really climb so far um but again do it in such an authentic and honest and genuine way not only to your values but really to you know your power as a woman Thank you so much for, for those words. Those are so kind. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, I feel like it, it did happen really quickly. And yeah. I think the way that it ended up transpiring in that way was because it was coming from such a place of authenticity for me. I mean, right. ever since I was young and even when I was in college, you know, I, like I mentioned, I went to school for marketing. I studied business. I was taking finance and accounting classes. And I'll never forget this one time when I showed up to class, it was like an 8am, like managerial accounting class. I show up matching like my green outfit to my green eyeshadow. And I remember my friend saying, you're the only person in this whole school who would, you know, show up to class wearing green eyeshadow. And I sort of <laughs> felt like the school environment that I was in. And, the, you know, this goes back yeah. way before college. I was always like a very academically minded person. My parents are as well. They were always very encouraging of me to go to college and get a quote unquote practical job and then do my hobbies on the side. But ever since I was young, the only thing I ever remember actually wanting to do was to be like an artist in some form um, and like, you know, do something really cre creative. And I always loved fashion. I always loved beauty. Um, and so I would always do like various art forms on the side, but I would never really share them with other people. It was always like a very internal thing. 
I have loads and loads of like scrapbooks and sketchbooks and, you know, old photographs from when I was younger, just because it's always been like, I, I just have an urge. I have an urge to create. And I feel like if I don't express that urge, that need, then I can't ever really be happy. Like, I feel like I'm almost like a pot of water, like boiling and boiling over. And I think when I started styling, I finally felt like I was like, okay, this is it. Like this kind of fills that need that I have to create. And I think that's why it happened so quickly is because, you know, it wasn't like this was like, I think to other people, people that knew me, they sort of saw this as coming out of the blue. They were like, where, you know, where has it been from? Like you're in business school, you work in the tech industry, like what is going on? But for me, it was always like such an honest, authentic part of myself that I just like didn't really share with, with other people. And then when I finally started doing it, it just clicked for me. And I was like, this feels so right in a way that nothing else ever has before. And, you know, it was really coming from a place of like, just needing to express myself, wanting to create art, wanting to find community. And it never came from a place of, you know, I want to do this to like make money or I want to grow this or do this and, you know, gain a following. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like going into anything with that sort of mindset, you're going to hold yourself back. Whereas me going into this and putting absolutely no pressure on myself at first, it let me take risks. It let me experiment. It let me try yes. things. I feel like it let me make art that I look back on now. And I'm like, that was so weird. Like, what was I doing? But that's how you learn, you know, it, it's all trial and error. So yeah, I yeah. that's why it happened so quick. And likewise, I feel like Atlanta is a really unique environment. I think there are, there's really elements of Southern hospitality that overflow into the creative community here. Um, but Atlanta is really a great city to be as like an up and coming artist. It's nice because there is a lot of work opportunity here, especially specifically in the music industry and the film industry. Um, but it's not like New York or L.A. where it's it's so oversaturated and I feel like it's impossible to make a name for yourself. So the fact that I've only been styling for about a year and a half and I've, I've had some of the clients that I've had, I've had some of the jobs that I've had, given how relatively limited my portfolio is um, in terms of like commercial work, like it, it's really been amazing. So I, I kind of feel like it was a combination of several things like just being meant to be and then coming together like perfectly synergistically. Yes. That's how it usually happens. It's really trial and error, but it's also coming into your own in a way that just like we says is is also authentic, but also the timing, the timing, the timing, the timing. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just going to happen overnight. And in some cases it does, but in a lot of cases it doesn't. And it really takes a lot of mind power and strength to not only go after your goals, but also feel that ambition, just like you were talking about, of really going after it, but going after it in a way that you can relate to, but also other people can relate to. When you can identify with your craft or your passion, it just makes the experience a whole lot better. You know, it's this, you know, crazy thing, right? It's like this otherworldly uh, situation when, you know, you can be a creator, but you can also identify with the art that you create, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and I just love that you've been able to branch out and really network as well. And I guess this is kind of a question that I think a lot of people would want to ask you is, how do you build a good network in the fashion community, not only as a creative, but specifically as a stylist or a creative director? 
Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, networking is so important. Whenever people reach out to me, like beginner stylists, and they ask advice, I always say networking is really going to be the most important thing. Um, you could have the most amazing portfolio, but if you know if you don't have anyone to see it, you don't have anyone to recognize it, or people that are further in your career than you, people that are willing to mentor you, you're simply you're just not going to get as far. Whereas you know, everyone always says it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that has absolutely been true in my case. Um, you know, I always think it's kind of funny, like the way that I got got into this industry initially was by going on Instagram and DMing people. And, you know, part of me feels bad saying that, like, I would never really want to formally recommend that to anyone because of, you know, like safety concerns. But at the same time, I feel like that is kind of the reality of the industry in 2024 because of social media. There's even one celebrity stylist out in LA named Brittany Diego. She's someone who I followed for a long time. And I've watched her videos on how she got into styling. And, you know, she's a little bit older than me, but she talks about how she used to go on Craigslist and find photographers. And, you know, it's like you hear that and you're like, that sounds crazy. Like, that sounds like you're going to put yourself in an unsafe situation. And you absolutely like need to prioritize safety above all else. But realistically, like, that's how I got started. I, you know, would go on Instagram and find people and meet up with them in public and do photo shoots. And that's still how I plan a lot of my shoots. One of the first opportunities I had about a year ago was a client that found me through social media. Um, and he owns a photography studio here in Atlanta. And about a year later, they've actually brought me on to manage their studio full time, which has been awesome because that's been like a great additional stream of income, an extra part time job. And I meet so many people that come through the studio. So many of our clients are brands or photographers or, you know, agents, and I'm able to network that with them in person and shake hands and give a business card. Um, and that always goes a long way. I do think that a lot of people are willing to share their advice, like more so than you might realize. Um, you know, if anyone ever reaches out to me and they have any advice, I'll always try my hardest to like answer them and like share my insight with them. But I think, you know, the first step is really just putting yourself out there. And that's the hardest, that's the hardest step when it comes to networking is just putting yourself out there. Um, but, you know, the worst that could happen is, is someone says no. And, you know, on the flip side, the most amazing thing could happen. I mean, what happened with my client that owned the studio is it turns out that he's actually a producer and he produces a lot of commercial jobs and he usually brings me on as the stylist. So I've gotten a lot of work through that. And, you know, if that was just someone that found me via social media and none of that would have happened if I hadn't put myself out there. So that's really the first and the hardest step, in my opinion. Yeah, that's such good advice, putting yourself out there. I think a lot of us are afraid to, um, but you cannot be afraid to, you know, be willing to, let's just say, give out a business card or reach out to someone that you think would be a good fit. Um, and you're so right. I mean, rejection is a real thing, especially in this, in this industry. It's very cutthroat. Um, you know, you're not going to get every opportunity that you wish or that you go to or go to a casting for. I mean, it's going to be very, very... Um, you know, it's going to be 50-50 in a lot of cases. And that's, you know, that's life, you know? So it's so cool that you're able to say that and that you're able to really, you know, tell people, hey, get out of your comfort zone. You know, a lot of us like staying in our comfort zones, but in this industry, especially in this creative industry, we have to get out of our comfort zones and be comfortable with getting out of our comfort zone, you know? Yes, that's absolutely so true. I mean, in my case, I feel like if I hadn't gotten out of my comfort zone, I would still 
kind of just be sitting and feeling sorry for myself and watching other people do what I've always wanted to. But, you know, I think part of part of claiming it really part of manifesting it is like embracing the discomfort. And I've learned so many life lessons through it that I wouldn't have otherwise. So it hasn't just benefited my career as a stylist. I feel like it makes me a more interesting person now to have gone through all of these experiences and gone through these challenges. Yes, I can't agree with you more. I think that's so amazing. You know, it's so amazing. And you're really just like living proof of success, but also success within creativity. And also, too, I want to ask you as far as your creative inspirations and really like, I guess you're on mental mood board, I guess is what we can say. <laughs> um, how do you really navigate your own creative visions, but also utilize and actually put those you know those visions and that creativity out there you know um what is that process like for you yeah that's a great question um honestly I feel like inspiration can strike anytime it can strike in the most the most random situations sometimes I'll sort of just have an idea of like a project that I want to do or you know so I see something in a movie and I'm like, oh, I want to do something similar to this. Or, you know, I'll just have random ideas like kind of come to mind. And then the next step is really like figuring out the vision, honing in what's the goal for this shoot, what kind of, you know, talent would I want to cast? Who can I bring on as part of my team, whether it's makeup, photography, hairstyling to really, you know, curate the team environment. That's just as important as curating the actual aesthetic, you know, is really curating the energy of the team that you put together. And, you know, no one's going to have a productive, positive experience if you're not vibing as a team, as much as I, I find that word kind of cringy. But that's so important to really get along and find team members that you you work well with. Um, so that's really an important thing for me. Then it would be, you know, making mood boards, reaching out to talent, putting together the team, and then bringing it to life. So, for me, I always describe my job. What I actually do as a stylist is I curate and I source wardrobe. Those are the two biggest things. Um, you know, I'm a service provider. It's like on set, I am there to actually like facilitate the wardrobe delivery and make sure everything works out on set. But there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that nobody really sees on the day of the shoot or the project itself. I always joke, I'm like, if I do my job well on the day of the shoot, I should be able to sit back and do nothing. Um, it's funny, like the last <laughs> commercial I worked, I literally took a nap in the studio because I was so tired. But for me, it's like, almost the reverse of the photographer. They're going to have to do a lot of work after the shoot. I do almost all of my work in advance of the shoot because I'm, you know, getting measurements and shopping and, you know, setting everything up, prepping everything, making alterations, you name it. Um, but yeah, as far as inspiration, something that I've been really inspired by recently has honestly just been women. Um, I work with a lot of men in this industry. I'd say the majority of the photographers that I work with are men. And there's, you know, there's a lot of great ones. I have a lot of really amazing like, friends and clients. But at the same time, I feel like almost every bad experience I've been, I've had or every bad experience 
in which I felt overlooked or like my contributions to a shoot weren't really like accepted or celebrated. Usually it's been a male photographer or a male creative director in that case. Um, and something that was really a goal for me in 2024 is just to work with more female creatives and highlight more local female creatives. So I've been working on a series now. I've done two shoots so far and I have the third coming up this weekend. Um, basically, uh, like I want to creative direct a project that's like celebrating womanhood and celebrating feminine femininity because I feel like, you know, a lot of a lot of work still is very like over sexualizing of women. And, you know, there's something wrong with being sexy. Like there's nothing wrong with embracing that. And you absolutely should. But I wanted to do something that really highlighted more of like the experience of girlhood. So I've been coming up with a series of concepts that really celebrate that. We did one that was like a, an Aphrodite inspired shoot. That was a really fun one. Um, brought on a team of all female creatives. We did one last month that was a Marie Antoinette inspired shoot. And then I have one this weekend that's going to be like a spring inspired shoot. So just really celebrating, you know, not just the female creatives on my team and like the models, but really just capturing the essence of like what it feels to be a woman. Um, and that has been, you know, super inspiring for me. It's, it's really pushing me to, for example, play with color in a way that I haven't done in my work before um, and come up with these more creative concepts. Whereas I've kind of fallen into the niche of model testing, for example, in terms of paid work. So most of my most of my book is model testing at this point. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm, I'm super grateful to like have that work. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's been really fun to really push myself in a direction that's a little bit more like playful, for example, and more youthful and kind of getting back to my roots as a stylist and just being experimental. Whereas a lot of, you know, model testing, it's like you're trying to really sell the model and highlight the model. So it's very elegant and sleek and almost moody in a way. Um, so I've been kind of inspired by like going in the complete opposite direction. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you're so open to really versatile creative really life I guess um but also creative aesthetics that are so different from each other I mean I think for you you have just such a versatile portfolio and a versatile book and honestly I would be the first person to buy your coffee table book if you had one <laughs> that's amazing you just inspired me to, to I've actually been thinking about doing that just per, like personally like just to keep in my apartment yes an archive yeah. <laughs> I think I should honestly oh my gosh you totally should you totally should it's so funny a uh, little off topic little fun fact about me from my own experience I have you know books from shoots that I've done in years and years and years of, within my career as a model and I have all my photo shoots in one place and they're, they're books they're like coffee table book you know esque things or um you know pieces and I would totally recommend anybody you know who's a creative or a model I would totally recommend doing that because um, it really just gives you a physical I guess piece of of an object um, that has you know all of your stuff um, but it also is just like such a beautiful piece to just have like let's just say in your home or you know so it's it's a professional and personal thing it's it's actually very very cool I would definitely recommend that yeah, that's such a great idea. It feels like that's you celebrating your work and celebrating your career because it should be celebrated. Like we all work so hard. So you should absolutely have a coffee table book of your career yeah. <laughs> to share with guests and reflect on and reminisce on. 
Definitely. It's so cool. You know, it's, um, it's fun to look back on memories and things, you know, it's, it's even going to be even cooler, let's just say 20, 30, 40 years from now as well, um, to look back on, you know, your past self and the things that you accomplished, you know, let's just say in your 20s or your 30s or even your teenage years like me, you know, because um, I started in this industry when I was about 15. So, you know, it's really cool to look back on things and really just, again, have a physical archive that you can always, you know, look back on. So, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, I'm so ready. Okay, here we go. If you could change anything within either the fashion industry or the modeling industry, what would it be and why? Ooh, that is a great and really tough question to answer. Um, Mostly because I feel like, like I'm sad to say, but there's a couple of things. Um, I think just the modeling industry is inherently, you know, very visually driven. And even though I, I knew that on the surface level before I started working in this industry, but something that was really difficult for me coming from a more like academic corporate environment where I felt like I was rewarded for hard work or for intelligence or for having like a novel idea. I feel like this industry rewards you based on how you look. Um, You know, and even as a stylist, I feel like I've really struggled with self-confidence, like comparing myself to models. And, you know, even though I know how much work goes on behind the scenes of a photo shoot, I know the makeup that goes into it. I know the hair that goes into it. I know how much retouching is going to go into it. I feel like I'll still see like a retouched image and, you know, find imperfections in myself because I don't have totally smooth skin. Um, And I think we are slowly moving in a direction that is a little bit more inclusive, but I still feel like, you know, when I work with modeling agencies, for example, most of the models that they send me have very similar features. And like, there still is really a very narrow definition of what is considered conventionally attractive. And there's so you don't have to be like modeled pretty to be pretty, you know, um, there's so many different types of beautiful and everyone truly is beautiful in their own way. And I think that is partly inherent to the modeling industry, but I would just absolutely love to see more inclusivity. Um, that's something I'm really pushing myself to do this year as well as working with more models who not just are plus size, but models with, for example, more androgynous features or, you know, tattoos, things like that. And really, really expanding the scope as well of what is considered to be conventionally attractive. Yeah, I love, I love all you said. It's so important. Um, you know, everyone has their own individual beauty and that individual beauty should always be celebrated. Um, you know, it's just so important to really, really, again, just like what I said, you know, celebrate that, but also express that and, you know, creatively express that as well. Um, you know, individuality is really a celebration of self-expression, but also really just coming into your own, not only as, you know, in a creative sense, but also just as the person that you are. So yeah, I love that you made note of all that and that you said that because it's so true and more people need to hear this, especially in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It it is not a great industry for mental health. (laughs) That is definitely something that hopefully will improve um, with the next generation as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. 100%. What is one fashion trend from the past that you would like to see be in our present? 
Oh, that's also a great question. Um, you know, I was actually thinking about this recently. I don't know if you remember the whole Bratz doll trend. Um, yes. Like, <laughs> like Bratz dolls. I feel like that was such a fun time for fashion. And maybe I'm, I was thinking about that recently because, you know, 2023 was the year of Barbie. We were all dressing like Barbies. So I'm wondering, I'm like, hmm, is 2024 going to be the year of the Bratz? Are the Bratz going to make a comeback? Is Bratz doll fashion going to be a thing again? But, you know, it, it's so like Y2K and I feel like Y2K is definitely having like a moment now um, as well. So I think I think that would be a fun trend to see come back and people do like a more modern take on it. Definitely. Did you have Bratz dolls growing up? Because we're like the same age. Yeah, I think so. we probably are. Yeah, I'm 25. Um, I'm 25 too. See, we're the yeah. exact same age. I was honestly, I was more of a Barbie person, um, partly because I, I, for some reason, my mom didn't ever want me playing with brats. And I think it was because she thought that their outfits were a little bit too risque or something like that. <laughs> but then, of course, there's me now as an adult. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm gonna dress like a brats if I want to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah, it's funny. I was also more of a Barbie girl as well. My mom actually, like, let me play with Bar- uh, Bratz dolls as well. Um, it was cool because the Bratz dolls could, like, actually stand on their own, which I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That triggered such a core memory for me. <laughs> yes, it was cool. My favorite Bratz doll was Chloe because she had a little dog. And it looks like – I don't know if it was a husky, but it looked like a husky. Um, and I actually have a husky now. But, yeah, it was funny. I I, I wish I had all of my old Bratz dolls, but I I don't think I do. So they're probably at my parents' house, maybe in my attic, in my parents' attic, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> now they're probably vintage. <laughs> yes, yeah, the vintage, the Y2K vintage. But yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. I feel like Y2K's trends have really made a comeback um, in the 2020s. And it's so cool to really look back on that as well because it's like nostalgic to our childhood and so many other people's childhoods as well. Whoever grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, it is so nostalgic to really see you know, these trends come back to life. Um, So yeah, yeah, I love that. I think what's interesting as well is to me, like Y2K is such a far cry from the quiet luxury, like minimal aesthetic that has been so popular over the past couple of years. And the thing about me is like, as a stylist, I would never knock anyone's style. Like I am all for wear whatever makes you feel happy, whatever makes you feel confident and is practical for your lifestyle. But I do feel like this like minimal quiet luxury aesthetic has been so kind of like pushed as like you you should be dressing like this and if you're not dressing like this you know like you're not elegant but I feel like the Y2K is literally the complete opposite it is so fun and playful and youthful and like maximalist and I have personally maybe it's like in my personal style as well I have been wanting to see more of that more more color like more like just having fun with your fashion instead of like dressing to try to like look a certain way to other people um so I think that's maybe why I feel like fashion it's always a pendulum you know and everything that goes out of style it will eventually come back in style again so I almost feel like the Y2K it's a sign of people like having fun with fashion again and not taking themselves too seriously so I I I really love that trend I hope it stays for a while Oh, I can't agree with you more on that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, it's so cool that you said that, you know, every fashion trend will come back around. Um, And, you know, fashion just has its, I mean, fashion is a language, it's a lifestyle of its own, and it should be celebrated individually, and artistically, and in so many ways, you know, I mean, 
I love that you said that, you know, you just want everyone to rock it, you know, rock it and, you know, wear whatever the heck they want and be comfortable. You know, my, my best advice, I guess, you know, to really express yourself in fashion is wear what makes you comfortable um, and do it in your way. You know, there are no limitations. There are no definitions. There are no labels, um, you know, express yourself and do it in a way that is authentic to you and really your artistic, you know, visions. Yes, that is, that is so true. You know, you should always be, like I feel like for me fashion it it is about self-expression you know um and there's no right or wrong thing to really wear as long as it makes you happy and it makes you confident like if you're confident the world will see that the world will recognize that and it it doesn't matter what you're wearing 100 percent. yeah I I second that you know it's like you are your canvas you know (laughs) yes that is so true (laughs) yes definitely And lastly, what is one piece of advice you can give to anyone that really wants to make it in the fashion industry as a stylist? Yeah, also a a great question. Um, I would say that this industry, it requires a lot of grit. It requires a lot of perseverance. And I couldn't tell you, you know, how many times I've been knocked down. Like we talked about earlier, there is always an element of rejection. You're never going to be the only person who is a good fit for the job, you know? I think something that I've really struggled with in this industry is not comparing myself to other people. Um, But I look back on that now and I have to remind myself that it is not fair for me to compare myself to someone who has like 10 years of styling experience, for example, Um, because, you know, you're, if someone's coming into it with like a different background than you, I think the fashion and really any creative industry success in this field it's not really about there being like a right or wrong whereas you know maybe if you were going to med school or something it's a lot more quantitative like there's like a measurement there's a score that you can get there's you know different schools that you can apply for however I feel like in the creative field success is really about carving out your own niche and it's it's really about you know establishing yourself and figuring out what your values are and communicating that whether it's to your clients whether it's to your community um and that that is really hard like it it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of trial and error to even figure out what your own style is So I would definitely say to not be discouraged if you feel like you're not getting the jobs that you want, if you're not getting the clients you want, or if there's someone who maybe started at a similar time to you or has a similar portfolio to you and they're getting jobs and you're not, you have no idea what connections you might have, you know, um, what experiences led them to, to get where they are. So I'd say you really have to stay determined and really just focus on yourself because if you are putting it out there for the right reasons and you work hard and you're building a book and you're easy to work with, it will reward you eventually. Yeah, so well said. Yeah, and trust the process too. I always like to make a note of this in any industry or any any interest that you know someone wishes to creatively pursue. Um, you know, it's so important, you know, trust the process and keep going too. I mean, I think it's so important to just keep believing in yourself. I know that sounds corny, <laughs> but it's so true. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, who else will? So that is important. so true. And that that is so important as well. I feel like not only do you have to believe in yourself, but you have to advocate for yourself as well. Because when you're a creative, for example, I'm my own boss. I'm 
as of last year, I'm fully freelancing now. So, you know, if there's no one but me to advocate for what my rate is, there's no one but me to advocate for, you know, receiving photos back by a certain deadline. So you have to not only trust yourself, but you also have to tell yourself, like, you are worth this. Like, you deserve to be treated with, with respect by teammates. You deserve to not feel overlooked on set. Um, and you really, you do have to like be firm with yourself and be firm with your boundaries and don't compromise them just because, you know, someone might be promising you something, um, just that trusting yourself and always trusting your gut as well. It's really one of the most important things, not just in this field, but just in life in general. Oh, I couldn't have said that better. Yeah. I just love everything that you said in this interview because it is so relatable, not only to, you know, people that are in the creative industry, the fashion industry, the modeling industry, but just in a general sense, you know, this is just amazing life advice. Um, and yeah, it just, this actually advice means so much to me just hearing from another woman. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, again, Elena, you know, you're such an incredible woman and you're just a powerhouse. You're doing this again, all on your own. You are a girl boss. You are your own boss. And, you know, you're just such a perfect example, um, um, for so many people and so many different types of women and just so many industries as well. You're really just doing your own thing. And I'm just so excited to just have had you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was great. And I always really enjoy getting to reflect on this because, you know, I feel like I'm the type of person that I'm always like, go, go, go. I'm always focused on, okay, what's the next project? When's the next shoot? Yeah. But it does feel really nice to actually take a moment to sit and reflect on the journey so far and you know see how far I've come and you know the amazing people that I've gotten to meet like yourself through this work um it it feels so rewarding and I really feel like I don't take enough time to celebrate that because I am always focused on like the future so I appreciate you having me and this was a great conversation that we got to have Absolutely. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had of 2024. Um, this has just been so cool. And also, too, where can people find you on social media so they can check out your amazing portfolio? Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm styling by Elena. That's styling by with a period and then my name, E-L-E-N-A. And I'm mostly active on Instagram, but I am trying to be a TikTok girly in 2024. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. And I love you. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, this was so much fun.